Hello, welcome to Tis Talk. Welcome to Tis Talk. This is a podcast coming from Tisbury, Wiltshire and surrounding villages. I'm Julianne Murphy. And I'm Mary Myers. This is the week beginning 29th of May. To start, Mary interviews Claire MacDonald, a local lady who's involved in a very serious and important campaign. It's campaigning for medical assistance to die to be a choice, a voluntary choice, for people who are either terminally ill or suffering from incurable conditions like motor neurone disease or Parkinson's, for which there is no cure. Then we have Julie Phillips from Tisbury Parish Council with the lowdown on the Great Big Green Week. Tisbury Parish Council are hosting a nine-day celebration of local action on climate change. Rosie Buck survives No Mo May. Very short grass serves very little purpose as far as wildlife is concerned. And Louis Davison presents What's Ons. We hear how much Wendy McGrath's raffle raised and we end with a rather special mystery bird. Now, it's funny, isn't it, who you can meet on a train? And I met our first guest this week, Claire MacDonald, on the down train from London and we got talking while waiting in Tisbury Loop. Claire lives in Alverdiston and does a very interesting job. She works for a pressure group called My Death, My Decision. A few weeks later, I went over to interview her in her home in Alverdiston to find out more about this rather serious but important subject of assisted dying. Um, I'm involved in a not-for-profit organisation that is called My Death, My Decision. And we campaign for a more compassionate law on assisted dying. We came together as a group uh, in 2019 to um, make more noise and be more effective as an organisation. And, uh, and, and I've seen that progress over the last few years. So My Death, My Decision, what's it all about? It's campaigning for medical assistance to die, to be a choice, a voluntary choice, for people who are either terminally ill or suffering from incurable conditions like motor neurone disease or Parkinson's, for which there is no cure. Can you explain how the law stands now and what change you want then? The law as it is in this country is that there is no medical assistance to to die. Many other countries around the world, um, such as somewhere like Belgium, they think of it as part of their palliative care system, that if somebody who is mentally competent has made a voluntary request that they would prefer to end their suffering, they can have medical help to do so. But... um, There isn't that provision here. What would you like the law to say then, or how could it be formulated? I think we can use a lot of the examples from other countries around the world where this has successfully been in practice for for many years. Our campaign is for people who are either terminally ill or who are suffering from incurable conditions. They have to be um, adult, um, over the age of 18, and mentally competent to fully understand the request that they are voluntarily making. And then in somewhere like Canada, they have, they call it medical assistance in dying, and they have uh, health professionals, doctors, who are trained to uh, give this care. 
So what's the difference between this and euthanasia? Euthanasia is a word that just means a good death, but of course it has all terrible connotations now. This is voluntary. This is a choice that people can make at the end of their lives. Nobody is suggesting that it would be imposed upon anybody. This has to be somebody who is in their right minds and has made a voluntary decision that they do not want to suffer anymore. So this is really quite separate from any law which would allow somebody to go to somewhere like Dignitas if it existed in the UK. What happens in Switzerland is a bit of an anomaly because it's not actually illegal there. But I think, you know, Switzerland is, um, gets talked about, people talk about going to Switzerland or going to Dignitas. You know, often they say it quite glibly and it's really difficult. It's a hard and arduous process to go through and it costs, well, between 10 and 15,000 pounds mm, to make that trip. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, this is, a, this is a health issue, but it's also a justice issue. Mm-hmm. It's not fair that some people can afford to go and some people can't at the end of their lives. So why do we have such an illiberal law, as I presume you see it as an illiberal law? I I think it is illiberal, especially when you look at all the other countries that have perfectly safe legal assisted dying. The general public are almost 90% in favour of a more compassionate law. Over 40% of doctors actively support having an assisted dying law here. If you were to play devil's advocate, what what is the argument against it? If everybody's... It's just one of the topics that's too difficult for Parliament to deal with. But having said that, Scotland is now legislating. They've got assisted dying legislation coming before their Parliament very soon. Wales is considering it as a devolved issue because health Mm. is devolved to Wales. Um, Jersey has done a citizen's jury and um, assisted dying for the terminally ill and for the intolerably suffering will be legal in Jersey soon. Um, President Macron in France uh, instituted a citizen's jury and um, he has promised that uh, when the uh, citizen's jury process is completed that he will bring in legislation for assisted dying. So we're going to be surrounded by countries, even within the British Isles, where it's legal. It would just be crazy if England and Wales, it was illegal, and yet it was legal in Scotland. Is it something to do with the sanctity of life? Is it to do with religious concerns? There used to be quite a lot of religious opposition, but now we live in a multicultural society, and it's become harder and harder to argue that you can impose your cultural beliefs on people who don't share them. So I think the religious opposition has largely largely gone. I think that people who are just opposed to assisted dying, whether it's for religious reasons or for other reasons, if they are totally opposed to it, they often say that no safeguards would ever be good enough, that it is impossible to bring in sufficient safeguards that would protect every single person from coercion or mistakes by a doctor or anything, any of the risks that you might imagine. But other countries do this. And you can look back at whether there is any evidence of doctors being prosecuted or families that have tried to get hold of Granny's house and have suggested that uh, this might be the answer. And it 
there is no evidence. It simply does not happen. So if other countries can put in perfectly respectable safeguards, why can't we? So what motivated you, Claire, to get involved? Most people will have who come to this issue will have experienced some sort of terrible death. They will have seen somebody in their family begging for help to die. That's why most people come at it. It wasn't like that for me. I remember, oddly, a conversation with my dad when I was in my teens, and we talked about autonomy and women's rights and the rights over my own body. Mm. Quite an odd conversation Mm. to have with a dad in Mm. the 1960s, but I never forgot it. For me, it's about my right to choose right up until the end of my life, not up to some indeterminate point and then the state takes over or doctors decide or it's against the, uh, somebody else's religion. I don't mm. buy that. We are not an organisation that provides advice to people who want to end their lives. We uh, work within the law to campaign to change the law. But people come to us with their stories and their experiences, and they are very moving experiences, very moving. When Keir Starmer was DPP, he introduced new guidelines that said that unless something, a prosecution was in the public interest, people should not be prosecuted. But you're down to the, uh, the whims of the local police force. Is this a party political thing? No, it's not party political at all. Um... If this comes to the vote in Parliament, which we believe that it should sooner or later, uh, it will be for individual MPs to vote on their conscience. MPs are representative of the population, and if the general public is 88% in favour of compassionate assisted dying, one would hope that MPs would reflect that in the way that they vote, but it will be a conscience issue. There was a there was a programme on a few weeks ago with Prue Leith and her MP son, Danny Kruger, and they called it Prue and Danny's Death Road Trip. <laughs> Prue Leith is a patron of My Death, My Decision, and she mm. is a staunch campaigner and supporter of mm. assisted dying reform. Uh, Danny Kruger, for evangelical reasons, is against assisted mm. dying and sadly it's Danny Kruger who's in the House of Commons and not yeah. <laughs> not Prue Leith's yeah. mum and at the end of the programme they agreed to to d- disagree mm. so mm. Um, one would hope that he would say assisted dying is against my conscience I would not want it for myself but I understand that this is a medical matter and that medical matter should be resolved between somebody who is suffering and two doctors who agree that uh, that their time has come. I hear you've been addressing Andrew Morrison about this question. Yes, I've been writing to my MP, Andrew Morrison, for, oh, I suppose, um, the last five or six years. He always responds to me, and I'm very grateful to get his emails because it means that he is considering this subject and giving it his serious thought. Mm. And he now says that he has concerns over safeguards And I have total respect for anybody who is worried about safeguards because I share their concerns. Mm. And as an organisation, we really want to get the best possible safeguards in place, the best eligibility criteria so that there's absolutely no question over 
who is eligible for an assisted death and who is not, mm. and safeguards that protect the most vulnerable in our society mm. and make sure that there is absolutely no hint of coercion. I should say thank you very much. It's a really, really interesting topic and I really wish you luck for the campaign. Thank you, thank you. I know it's a difficult issue, but I think it's one that we should all talk about. And if you'd like to find out more about Claire MacDonald's organisation or the issues that it raises, go to mydeath-mydecision.org.uk. Julie Phillips is central to the upcoming Tisbury's Great Big Green Week. So listen in now to find out exactly what is going on and how you can get involved. Tisbury Parish Council are hosting a nine-day celebration of local action on climate change. From the 10th to the 18th of June, the Parish Council's Environmental Committee and a number of local organisations are organising events as part of a nationwide campaign. The week kicks off with an Allotment Society Open Day, children's workshops at Tisbury Children's Community Garden, an eco-trail organised by Nada Community Energy, and the official opening of an exhibition of photographs submitted to our flora and fauna competition with Letters to Tomorrow on the 10th of June. During the week, there are a series of events, including a children's film screening, talks about local climate and environmental issues, including local farming and our local river, the Nadder, with a great big green week quiz, an environmentally based comedy evening with Jacob Holland and eco music at the skate park. There's something for everyone. The last weekend we'll see an eco car boot sale and jumble trail around Tisbury and some more children's workshops at Tisbury's Children's Community Garden and culminate in an eco market at the Nadder Centre on the 18th of June. With a variety of stallholders, Tisbury Parish Council's Environmental Committee will be there to consult the public on greening up the village car park. Great Big Green Week is being organised nationally by the Climate Coalition, the UK's largest group of people dedicated to action against climate change, whose members include the National Trust, the World Wildlife Fund, the Women's Institute, Oxfam and the RSPB. It will see thousands of people across the UK taking part and the campaign events will draw attention to climate change and the destruction of the natural world. But it will also celebrate what local people are doing to tackle these issues. Having seen the impact of climate change here in Tisbury, not just in terms of the heat wave in 2022, but also local flooding, Simon Davison, Chair of Tisbury Parish Council, says, Tisbury Village is a big supporter of Great Big Green Week. Like every community, we need to find ways to protect our environment locally as well as globally. For more information about national events, 
have a look at Great Big Green Week's website. Or for more information about the events we're running here in Tisbury, please look at Tisbury Parish Council's website. Tis Talk, a podcast from Tisbury on tistalk.buzzsprout.com. Next, we've got Rosie Bark, our regular gardening person, who's going to tell us about increasing the biodiversity in our gardens. So as we come out of No Mow May, it's quite a good time to reflect on why we are mowing and how we can help biodiversity and the wildlife in our garden. While lawns can look very lovely and can be a, a good foreground to plants behind, very short grass serves very little purpose as far as wildlife is concerned. Last year, I have to admit, I didn't mow at all and the paths I would normally have mown were just created by the way I walked and obviously that's the most natural but it does actually benefit different flowers and indeed invertebrates and insects to create different heights of grass so it could be that you mow one area in June and let another bit be longer and then go on to the bit you've left in July um, until September always with the idea, particularly by September, of taking away any grass seeds. This allows different plants to appear and set seed, whilst also not taking away all the habitat for small invertebrates if you cut the whole lot at the end of August, which I have a tendency to do. It's also good to reflect on the type of mower one might be using. Garden machinery that's petrol-driven emits quite a lot of pollution and that's quite a thought as you're spending an hour stood behind a mower mowing your grass. Whilst I haven't been doing any mowing as yet what I have been doing is getting on with making some fertiliser for the garden and by that I mean comfrey and nettle tea as well as a general weed tea and when I say tea that means adding water to and it could just be a bucket of uh, comfrey leaves or nettle leaves and in my case I also have a third one going where I put quite a few of those what I call noxious weeds, things like bindweed um, and those things that you, you, you possibly don't want going into your compost heap into another bucket or a bin um, and filling that with water and for all three you fill it to the brim with water and then put a heavy stone to weigh down uh, the nettles or the comfrey or the general weeds and then try and find a tight-fitting lid because it will give off quite a pong in about a week or so's time. And that will then be ready in about two to four weeks, at which point I can strain it off and uh, use it for different purposes. Luckily, I've got some nettle tea that was left over from last year, and that I'm using uh, on all my leafy growth at the moment because um, nettles are very good for encouraging good leaf so trying to get my tomato um, seedlings going um, and um, my sweet peas that type of thing and then when I get to the point where fruit is setting so it could be the sweet pea flowers are coming out um, but mainly on my tomatoes I will then swap to the comfrey tea but if you want a general purpose fertiliser a bucket that you've soaked a lot of weeds in will 
work really well for that. Follow us on Instagram at TizTalkRadio. Now Louis Davidson presents the What's Ons. Another week, another bank holiday, and lots to do in Tisbury. On Tuesday the 30th, at 7.15pm, Tisbury Flower Group Talk takes place in the Hinton Hall. On Wednesday the 31st, a children's holiday workshop will be held in Tefont Village Hall from 2 to 4pm. In the Hinton Hall, on Thursday the 1st of June, the West Tisbury Parish Council meeting will take place starting at 7pm. On the same evening, the 1st of June, Tisbury Community Choir will meet in the Methodist Church at 7.30pm until 9.30pm for their weekly rehearsals. If you're interested in joining, their choir email is helenhooper51 at gmail.com. Saturday the 3rd of June, the Country Market takes place at the Victoria Hall from 10am to 11am. And leaving from the car park of the Nadder Hall Centre at 10.30am on the 3rd, the Tisbury Natural History Society has an excursion to West Hay Nature Reserve looking for otters and much, much more. See their website at www.tisburynaturalhistory.com for more information. Also on that Saturday, Fovent House have an open garden day from 2.30pm until 5pm. And, starting at the same time, 11am, on Sunday the 4th, it is the Family Fun Day and Dog Show at Upper Lee Farm, East Noyle. For more information, contact Katie Page at Copac with a C, copac, C-O-P-A-C dot org dot UK. And for events to plan when you're looking ahead, the Great Big Green Week starts on the 10th of June. And to find out all about what's going on, see the Focus magazine. On the 10th, Romeo and Juliet will be performed at Hatch House. And if you want tickets, contact www troubadourstageworks.com And lastly, looking to clear out the attic, Tisbury Jumble Trail is coming up on the 17th of June. And that's all for the Watsons this week. If you'd like to be listed with your activity or event, do contact us here on Tisdalk. Last week we mentioned Tisbury resident Wendy McGrath's raffle, which took place on the 26th of May at the football club. Wendy has got in touch to say they raised a fantastic £832 for the Weldmar Hospice. The amount raised is going towards Rhys McGrath's fundraising, as sadly his mum passed away and was looked after at Weldmar in her last few days. Rhys is running the London Marathon next year for this good cause. Now, around 7pm a few nights ago, I went to a special location near Sturminster Newton to listen out to and record this rare bird. See if you can identify it.
That's all from us this week. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on tistalkradio at gmail.com. You can listen every week to a new episode of Tistalk and you can find any episode you've missed at tistalk.buzzsprout.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Tistalk, that's all one word. And also look out for us on the Nextdoor app. And now also on Instagram on Tistalk Radio. So do listen in next week for more stories from Tisbury. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.